Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to discuss wrestling at the high school and college level. And this is a big week. Uh, the Iowa High School Athletic Association's traditional state tournament uh, begins in less than 24 hours. Coach Briggs, you have a lot of experience uh, uh, with this tournament. Can you kind of give us a perspective what the eve of, of the big tournaments kind of like? Oh, man, <clears throat> this is high anxiety time. I mean, this is what the wrestlers, the coaches, the, pa- the parents, the families have all been working for for so long for this moment to get down to state and have, a, have an opportunity to maybe stand on top of that podium or somewhere along that podium. And, uh, um, you know, some have, some have already, you know, maybe uh, reached beyond their, their expectations by even qualifying. So it's just a fun time, but it's high anxiety. I mean, you, there's not much sleep that goes on and you're, you're always trying to, you know, prepare your wrestler and the wrestler preparing themselves for, for uh, success. So uh, very fun times. So uh, this, this season, this year, really promises to be a, an exciting um, uh, tournament individual-wise, team-wise. Obviously, it's a new format with uh, uh, the field expanding to 24 wrestlers per bracket. Um, you know, uh, just kind of taking a look, what are your thoughts about uh, – this kind of moving to a four-day event and, uh, you know, having those uh, kind of those expanded fields for for the competitors. Well, I haven't looked at the timeline. I thought four days was going to be a lot. That's a long time down in, in Des Moines. But, but um, the uh, – and you really basically, if you're on the winning side, have one round a, 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 a day. And then, you know, if you're on the back side, you'll have more. But – but uh, and maybe that maybe it takes that much time to run it. So I was kind of surprised with that. Uh, as far as the 24 wrestlers, you know, that's a, I think that's a good deal. Get more people in there. I mean, there's there's good things and maybe not so good things about that. Does it water it down? I don't know. But it gives people an opportunity to to go down and compete and have that that chance. You know, so if someone's left out in a district in the past where you had maybe three really great uh, strong wrestlers coming out of there. You know, this allows them to to get there now. So, um, and you know, and in the seventies, I remember back when when I was competing. <laughs> there's my age right there, and uh, <laughs> they were in the, the three years I was in high school. The state meet was never the same. The bracket was always different. They were adding. Oh, really? Way and so this isn't the first time that that they've had a first round by the district champs have had a first round by that happened back then as well. So, um, you know, it's, so it's we'll see if they. Uh, keep it this way or if they tweak it again next year or whatever but you know it's it's fun to to look forward to 24 wrestlers and per weight and you know each of the classes as far as the classes are concerned you're kind of talking about that um the team race uh, you know i I, i'm still giving osage the nod at uh, at 2a i think that's a it's going to be a battle for second there you know we'll see but I think 1A and 3A are just going to be fun, fun, fun to watch. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, let's jump into 3A and, and talk a little bit about the teams. Um, I, I think you kind of point to the big three right off the bat, and they didn't d- disappoint at districts. 
Uh, you know, when you think about Waverly Shell Rock, Southeast Polk, Bentendorf, uh, Bentendorf qualifying all 14 weights, Southeast Polk with 13, uh, Waverly Shell Rock uh, with, with 12. Um, you know, they're uh, AK Centennial and Johnston both had 12 qualifiers, but, uh, you know, really it comes down to those three teams and, uh, Boy, they they've re- they're really loaded as far as uh, about all the potential point scorers they could they could have are going to be down there, right? And it's going to be with you're exactly right. Those big three, and they've been the big three for in in the past as well. Uh, Bentendorf kind of dipped down for Bentendorf a little bit. Now they're right back up, <laughs> and look for them in the future because they they're pretty got some young wrestlers, some young studs on that team, including Coach Knight's son. But uh, the, uh, yeah, Jake and and. Uh, um, so it's going to be fun. You know, I, it, there's a couple of matchups in the quarterfinals. I think if I remember right, that, that could be kind of critical to that. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of different, uh, the, uh, I'm also thinking of one, a, there's a, uh, a, a Wilton Albernet quarterfinal matchup too, that could do that. So we'll see as, as the tournament goes on. Uh, just run down the schedule here really quick for, for people, uh, Things begin Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Um, it's going to be, a, like we said, a little bit different. Um, you're going to have uh, first the first round. Uh, then you'll have the second round and then first round constellations in the first um, the first sessions for each class on Wednesday. And it goes uh, from small school to big school order. Uh with 1A, 2A, 3A, 2A starting at 1.30, 3A at 6. Um, on Thursday, uh, this is kind of a – this is a little different um, where you have the rounds starting off with consolation competition on Thursday with second-round consies, then you have quarterfinals, and then third-round consolations. You know, that quarterfinal to – Third round, if I have, if I'm thinking, you know, if I have the right bracket here, you know, that quarterfinal, um, and then following consolation round is so so tough. Um, is that still the still the round where you kind of go from being a <laughs> Went away um, from the podium and the top six finished, uh, having to battle out for just to get back into the top eight. You, are you, what 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 you're talking about? Friday morning. Yeah, or Thursday morning actually. Thursday morning uh, with the third round consolation. Is that the uh, is that the where the quarterfinals drop down? I'm trying to see here. No, no, they can drop down on Friday morning. So okay, after after uh, so so you don't have that, you know that gut wrenching. Uh, you have to turn around and kind of fight for your your bracket life that we used to have. That's not the case now. Yes, right? I think you do on Friday morning. But Friday morning, but it's oh. not right back in the same session like you used to have before. Or am I misremembering? Because the loser Thursday night on the front side drops down and wrestles Friday morning. You're you're right. I see what you're saying. You bet. 
so that you're right you don't have to turn around that's a good thing isn't it wow that's yeah so yeah Jeez. i kind of went ass backwards trying to explain that but uh thanks for uh being patient with me yeah, yeah. Th that that round was always tough with quarterfinal losers and then you, you just saw you know uh, there'd be guys waiting, you know, on, on the Concy side, waiting for uh, that opportunity to wrestle. And there's just this different dynamic where guys were crushed after a loss and you had, you know, guys kind of uh, with nothing to lose on the Concy side and having to come back after those quarterfinals were so tough in the same round. Now, you, now wrestlers will have a chance to kind of regroup and, gather themselves and yeah it's a better thing I right think. you're right and there's times when i had wrestlers on both sides of that coin <laughs> where they they lost first round won that same that first night won so they came back and won their match then got to sit sit the first round of the next day while their opponent lost and so you know sometimes you had wrestlers that may not have you know been as good as that person that that lost, but because they're coming off a loss and their mindset isn't there, they might have nipped them. You know, and I've had wrestlers in both sides of that one lose matches they probably shouldn't have, and won matches maybe they weren't supposed to. So, uh, yeah, that's that was gut wrenching. So that's nice that that's eliminated. You know, kind of going back to the uh, the schedule, I mentioned uh, those Friday sessions. Again, opening with consolation rounds, uh, got fourth round consolations, then semis, uh, then the fifth round consolations. Saturday's a little bit more uh, standard where you have uh, uh, competition through the uh, placing matches. And then, of course, uh, Saturday night, starting a little bit earlier, uh, the championship matches begin before six o'clock at 5.50. Um, so, um, hopefully that'll uh, help with deadlines and stuff. That, that's nice because it gets to be kind of a long night. If I remember right, about 10.30, it finishes somewhere in that. Mm -hmm. right teams are going home. You know, we would drive home after that and uh, to save some expenses. And then um, um, the, uh, uh, so with that starting earlier, maybe we'll get out sooner. And, you know, because you have the, the all the, the uh, uh, ceremony, metal ceremony and so forth. and. That you have to go through and that's you don't want to eliminate right. that or anything but exactly part of it um so in 3a um we mentioned bendorf has all 14 uh guys um southeast polk with 13 we shell rock with 12 almost looking i would almost have to say waverly shell rock probably has a little more top-end firepower when you look at, you know, some top-seeded wrestlers, uh, guys like Ryder Block at 138, uh, Baz Diaz, uh, 145, uh, McCray Hagerty at 195, um, I think Jake Walker at heavyweight seated third. Um, so you've got some some top-end uh, uh Guys, Danny Diaz is seated third as well for Waverly Shell Rock. Um, it might be those guys that have to carry it, but if they if they want to outlast Southeast Polk or Bettendorf, 
they're going to have to get uh, some help from from the rest of the guys that uh, have qualified. And that's quite possible. There's so many strong wrestlers from different schools, um, you know, that that can knock off some of those wrestlers along the way and and maybe create an opening for like a Bettendorf, you know, to just sneak in there and well, I, I don't, I don't know if you're given Waverly shock and you're probably right on that, but, uh, but it's it, now it can go down to that depth. You now, do they lose a couple of guys along the way? And now all of a sudden, you know, Southeast poker or, or uh, North slips in there with, you know, with 10 medalists instead of eight or whatever, or something to that effect, you know, um, it's going to be fun. That's what makes it fun watching for us fans. Yeah. See, and that's where Southeast Polk has, wrestlers that are seated eighth or better. Um, Waverly Shell Rock uh, seven. And that's where Southeast Polk might uh, really uh, kind of make hay, I guess you could say, um, you know, with, with that, with that depth and, you know, you get somebody, you know, you always know there's going to be somebody that's really going to outperform the seeding, right? So uh, you, you hope that's one of your guys. Um, and, and that could make a huge difference. We've seen these two teams come down to, or, you know, the team race in general come down to, uh, you know, the very end. Look at last year, Southeast Polk won, and they beat Waukee Northwest by three. Um, and we had a half point difference in two way with West Burlington, Notre Dame. So, um, you know, we'll see how things just kind of play out. You know, it could be, could kind of come down to, you know, um, kind of the young guys, uh, like a Carter Pearson, uh, one Oh six, um, for Southeast pole. I don't know if Bentendorf has. You know, I, I don't know if they have enough uh, to to really out outplace or outscore Waverly Shell Rock and and Southeast Polk, but you know, you never know. You mentioned Jake Knight, and then there's uh, Cody Trevino. Um, you know, you you've got some some guys with uh, you know that are title contenders, so they put things together. You never know, but right now, I guess if if I'm leaning, I'm kind of going south of uh, Waverly Shell Rock over Southeast Polk and Bendorf, uh coming in third, and then kind of a whole gaggle of teams capable to finish fourth through sixth. Right, that's going to be fun to see because that fourth fourth place team wins the trophy, right? Is it top four? I think so. Yeah, four. I can't remember now. I think it's top four. So. They'll be battling hard for that fourth trophy, and uh, um, the uh, you know so you got some te- some local teams in there that could be battling you know Linmar and, and City High and and maybe a uh, Hempstead. I don't know. They they're they're going to be in the battle. I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really I really think uh, you could see you know Ankeny, you know Ankeny's a a strong team as well. You know, we saw Joaquin Northwest put together a heck of a tournament last year, and 
you know, they've got guys like Koufax Christensen and Carter Freeman, um, other state champs. Um, Probably you know, Fort Dodge would be another one maybe battling for that. Yeah, Fort, Fort Dodge. I really, really like Fort Dodge. City High, I think, has a has an absolute chance with, you know, they got Kill Seaton back at 126. Uh, thought maybe his season was over after an injury at the Clyde Bean Duels, but, um, you know, good for him that they, you know, he was able to come back. You've got Gabe Arnold and uh, Ryan Keeter. You've got some experienced wrestlers, obviously, like Kendall uh, and uh, Kale Kurtz, um, you know, that could place uh, Ryan Ott. Ryan Ott qualified. We haven't really heard uh, his name much. I know he's uh, kind of battled some things the last two years, and he's an individual that has a lot of experience, has been ranked uh, during his career, you know, if he's fresh and healthy and, you know, maybe he makes to run and that, you know, that really, uh, you get an extra medalist to go along with title contenders like a uh, Keeter that's going to put up bonus points, Gabe Arnold. Um, and, uh, you know, Kale Seaton, who's the top seed at 126, that really could, uh, propel them up to to that trophy hunt like you said for in fourth place right the uh and then uh i'm not sure you mentioned uh jake mitchell either he could climb on that on that right. podium quite possibly so the uh seaton is a is a question mark he he wrestled in his first two matches and then medical forfeited his last two to to be a third so um so uh, we'll see how strong that knee is. And then I saw a picture, a team picture, and he was wearing a brace, which is, I mean, I would too, you know. It's obviously a smart move. It gives right. you another couple of, you know, another week or whatever, half a week to, to you know, strengthen whatever needs to be strengthened in there. But, but it is great to see him back on the mat, and hopefully he's able to do well. So a couple storylines really involve uh, Iowa City High. And let's uh, – before I get to that, I guess, uh, Lindmark, too, is another team that I really think has the potential to jump into that top five. They just have to put everything together. You know, you've got uh, Tate and Kane Nocturborn. They're both uh, seated second. Uh, I think uh, Braden Park is seated third at 132. Uh, same with Grant Press uh, at 152. Uh, you know, you've got Malik DeBow, who I believe is a returning state medalist who's uh, uh, seated at, oh. 113, isn't it? Yeah, uh, seated eight. So, eight. Um, so that's another guy uh, projected to be on the podium. You know, um, if they, if they, uh, if they put some things together, you know, they, they certainly could make a run um, for the top five as well. Um, and with those storylines, is there, is there any more anticipated finals match than 
Arnold and Nocturborn four. <laughs> Around four, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, no. I and I've got to be in the in the gym for two and three. Mm -hmm. uh, and so <laughs> and it was it, you know it, it went into overtime in that in, in round three we'll see what happens round four and, and they're both great kids and they're they're both competitive and they both respect each other and the, you know so it's a match that you know it's just gonna be fun to watch you know you know and that's that's i think one of the cool things about the uh um that we've seen between the two, you know, you got two nationally ranked wrestlers, uh, you know, one going to Iowa, one going to Iowa state. Um, you know, I, I think there's a, a sense of, you know, obviously mutual respect, uh, between the two and, you know, both of them talking to them after we covered, you know, we did their duel at, uh, Lindmar at the beginning of January, both of them said, you know, hey, the other one makes me better. You know, I, you know, love competing against that guy. You know, um, both of them have said that. So, um, that's uh, that. That's really cool. And you know that what was it eight three at the Donny Brook at the beginning beginning of uh, uh, December. Then you've got uh, the duel that was uh, just within a, a couple points. I think. It was, might have been five three or something like that, and then you look at the MVC finals that you mentioned, uh, and that was what uh, three two in in tiebreakers. So uh, that that gap is shrunk. Uh, we'll see if they take care of business, which kind of expect they will. Um, you know, hopefully we get to see how how that fourth one plays out on Saturday night. Um, on one of the biggest stages. So um, that would be uh, fantastic. Right, exactly. Now, I'm going to change directions a little bit here, KJ, because I don't know. Hopefully you can say off the top of your head, how many guys do we have going for their fourth? One. Year? Just just Ben. Okay. Just, just one that I'm aware of. Okay. Yep. Uh, we've got there, – there's a, there's a handful of guys that are going for their third – um, you know, like, uh, like Ryder Block, um, uh, I think McCray Haggerty, um, going for their third. I think, uh, Carter Freeman's going for his third as well. Um, Dr. in other classes, in other classes, Brandon Piaz from Lisbon is looking to become a four-time finalist. Um, and, and he went one, two, one, and looking for his third. Wyatt Reese of uh, of Logan Magnolia is looking for his third as well. But Keeter right now is the only one uh, uh, going for his fourth and uh, looking to become the 32nd Iowa High School uh, four-time champ. Great. And uh, obviously, Nocturborn is going for his, his third as well, four-time finalist. Um, yes. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. And the only reason why right now he wouldn't be going for his fourth is because of Ben Keeter. Yep. You know, that was a match I was very excited to see four years ago. <laughs> yes. And that's, uh, 
that brings me to something to, about Ben Keeter that um, I I always kind of geek out on stats. I like doing research and, and stuff like that. Um, ben Keeter is looking to become, what is it, the seventh unbeaten uh, wrestler in Iowa high school history. Um, I know that. Looked- I know that they're not named Briggs or Pilcher. Yes, yeah, that, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> uh, even though there is a Briggs that wrestled one of them, right? Don and, and wrestled Gable in the in the state tournament. In the state finals in the in the the uh, first period ended two to two. There you go. That was so, about as good as it got. <laughs> so there there is a Briggs connection somewhere there. But uh, uh, can you name the six guys that went unbeaten in their careers? Well, Jeff McGinnis and Keeter, both at City High. Uh, I can't go any further than that without better, better so, help. I'll be here all day. So Dan Gable uh, oh, yeah, went 64-0. Uh, of course, back then, freshmen weren't allowed to compete. Um I think just in the big schools, I know we kind of exchanged messages about this, but Gable wasn't uh, able to wrestle varsity as a freshman because of rules. So uh, he won from 64 to 66. That's why he's not a four-timer. Jeff Kerber from Emmitsburg went 126-0 from 76 to 79. Dan Knight went 128-0 for Clinton. From 84 to 87. Then he had McGinnis from City High, went 172 and 0 from 90 to 93. And of course, I had some teammates and got to see a few of those wins up close. Um, then Eric Jurgens from Makokota went 144 and 0 from 93 to 96, which happens to be the only time unbeaten wrestlers kind of overlapped in this uh, in this group. And then the last one to do it was Johnny Meeks from Des Moines Roosevelt, uh, who at 168 no uh from 2009 to 12. And of course, um we were really close to having uh two more individuals join that list, except Brody Teske and Alex Thompson split uh yeah. matches their senior year, one at Cedar Rapids Jefferson. Um, so that, uh, that kept, uh, them from joining the group. And right now, Ben Keeter is 107 and 0, uh, coming in. If he finishes things off, he'll, uh, uh, close at 111 and 0. Um, and do you know what distinction Ben would have over all six of those at that list? Boy, I don't know. He had to do it during COVID years. So what this thing? Well, that's and that's kind of interesting because the COVID year is one of the reasons why his win total is so much lower than most people because the COVID year City High wasn't able to practice or compete the first half of the season until January. And then even after that, they had I'm pretty sure they had like a two week uh COVID shutdown uh, once they did get rolling at the beginning of January. So he entered 
he entered districts with like four matches or five matches. Right. Um, we, we covered one of their duels and, and uh, maybe was it Iowa City Westfield? Neither one of the teams had wrestled very much. And that was like middle or end of January, it seemed like. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the distinction that Ben Keeter would have over all these other wrestlers if he joins that elite club, um, he will be the, the heaviest of all of them. And actually, his freshman weight of 160 is higher than it's probably about what one, two, three weights higher than what Johnny Meeks finished um, as a 138 pound champion. And that was the highest weight class that any of these guys had wrestled before uh, Keeter. So he's done it at, uh, at the upper weights where everybody else were, were lower weight wrestlers. So I would have guessed uh, Kerber to be heavier than 38, but I, it's been a long time ago. I don't remember. Oh, Kerber. Uh, Kerber went uh, 98, 112, 119, and 126. Oh, boy, I was way off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McGinnis went 103, 112, 125, 130. Uh, Jurgens went from 103 to 125 over his four years. Um, and then it was Johnny Meeks of Roosevelt that went 19, 25, 30, 38. Uh, when he was finished. And Gable went 95, 103, 112. <laughs> I, remember the one, I remember the 112 one. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's the one. We wrestled uh, Kerber. I'm not Kerber. Makokota. Uh, um, 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 uh, Jurgens. We wrestled Jurgens. in the finals. One of my wrestlers did end in the semifinals. He had four losses in two years, all to Curb, uh, to uh, 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 Jurgens. And really? uh, boy, in the finals, we had him on his back and didn't get the pin, but but uh, it was close. And really, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, but uh, that was John Velasic. He was such a great wrestler. For oh him. yeah, oh yeah. And then we then we wrestled uh, uh, McGinnis twice with with uh, Mark Ironside. Of course, that was mm -hmm. a much anticipated match and they were great matches too so not finally right. because they were different weights different weight classes yep. yep uh one thing too about uh um peter he has only had six matches in his career that have been decided by decisions the rest of his uh, uh matches have all been bonus point Decisions in only eleven total, I believe. Uh, let me see here. Eleven matches have gone the distance out of his one hundred seven matches. His six uh, out of the six matches that were decided by decision, two of them were those uh, matches against Tate Nakaborn, uh, their freshman year in the finals of the MVC Super Meet. Um, and then in the, the state finals, uh, I think those were decided by a total of three points each. Um, his freshman season, he wrestled at state. Um, opening round match against Cade Schmidt of Norwalk was the decision. Then he had a major decision, and then he beat uh, Helgeson of Johnston in the semis by decision as well. Um, 
Jake Walker, who was his finals opponent their sophomore year. Jake Walker, who's seated third for Waverly at heavyweight this year. Uh, that was a 5-0 decision um, in the finals. And then in the finals of the Dan Gable, uh, Donnie Brook, his junior year, uh, he scored a takedown in sudden victory against Gavin Nelson, nationally ranked wrestler from Simley, Minnesota. So those are the only times he's gone uh, gone to a decision um, in his career. And in that match, the Donnybrook, if I remember right, I thought the Simley wrestler was ranked number one at the time, and and Ben Keeter was two or three or something like that. Did a nice takedown in, in overtime to win that. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's, that's definitely been dominant. That's so impressive. Geez, what a what a career. So we'll see if he can finish that off. Uh, uh, right now, I think that would be so. So in 3A, um, what what do you have for, for, say, your top three teams? Well, I think it's the three we mentioned. So I'm going to go with, since you went, went with Waverly Shell Rock, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with, um, boy, I've been, I've been going back and forth all day just thinking about this. I, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Southeast Polk. Oh man. So all right, Southeast Polk, Shell Rock, and Waverly Shell Rock and Bendorf. I, I Bendorf could get all fourteen on the podium. They could they could win it all. So that. Uh-huh. So. Um, that's a that's a good mix. What about uh uh. Do you see a, a team like City High or Fort Dodge, or who do you see rounding out the top five? Um, oh, I, I'm I'm a little concerned with City High and Seton. Sure. So that that would be a critical error where he's at there. If he's if he's strong and can have a good tournament, certainly they could slide in there at, at, for that fourth spot. Um, Linmar. Uh, um, Joaquin Northwest, um, geez, Fort Dodge. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, even Hampstead has some, like their number two seed at 220 mm-hmm. and their number two seed at, uh, with pins at 13. Um, and you know, they've got some, uh, you're right, exactly. And so Hampstead's one that could sneak in there as well. So. Joe Joe Lewis at two twenty, right? Um, you know, so yeah. That's I'm gonna the, go with I'm gonna go with Lindmar. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you do you have? I, I mean, this might be really easy. Um, if you had to bet your house on one individual coming away with a state title in 3A, who would it be? Well, of course, Ben Keeter. So okay. let's eliminate him. All right. Let's go with uh, – uh, boy. Um, boy, uh, Colfax Christensen had – doesn't he have Jake Knight uh, as the number two seed there? So, uh, uh, no, Knights at 13, Christensen's at uh 20, but 120 is uh 
a bracket that's filled with uh, um, like all kinds of finalists. Uh, you've got uh, the Keister, I believe, from uh, is the Bettendorf kid who's seated third. Then you've got Downey from Indianola, and then Blake Jimo, who just happens to be a two-time finalist, is the number four seed. Right, Downey, who's who I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's so 20 is not a lock. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Uh, man. And, th and heavyweights is all over the place. That's a scramble. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's it? Who's the 13 number one seed? Uh, let me double check. I, was thinking I know number, I know Jake Knight's the number two seed. Uh, there, the number one seed oh, is Drew Ayala from Fort Dodge. That's not it. Uh, oh, geez. Who am I forgetting in here somewhere? Um, I, boy. Well, I'll, I'll give you mine if we're going outside of Keeter. Uh, I'll say uh, Ryder Block at 138. Oh, yeah, Block. Uh, that'd be easy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was forgetting. Uh, what about a dark horse? Do you have anybody outside of, you know, kind of the top four? Or have you even been able to really? I haven't really thought much about that. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll give you mine um, just because that's what I've been doing. So uh, at 170, I, I really like Jacob Fissler from Dallas Center Grimes. I'm not sure why. Uh, no real rhyme or reason, but he's uh, he's my pick at 170 to kind of uh, be that dark horse champion. So he's my uh, he's kind of my underdog pick, I guess, in 3A. Jacob Fissler of uh, Dallas Center Grimes. So we'll go with that. Um, let's move on to uh, Class 2A really quick with the team. You know, I, I think 2A is going to, you know, last year we saw West Burlington, Notre Dame kind of uh, uh, succeed with the whole quality over quantity. They're kind of in the same boat. I just don't think, uh, I think this is a different Osage team. I think this is uh, Osage team that's really going to uh, do something special down there. Uh, you know, they've had this tournament sweep. Uh in their sights for, you know, they made no, they did not hide their uh, desire to sweep team titles here after the state duels. Um, I, they, I, don't, I don't know why they would either. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they're coming guns ablaze, and I think, and I think you're going to see that um, in the results, you know, they're, they're stacked and they have, Kind of a murderer's row, as Brent Jennings called it, in the middle of their lineup. Uh, you know, where you've got guys like Tucker Stangle and Nicholas Fox, who are top seeded at 45 and 70. Um, you know, but you really can't count out West Burlington Notre Dame if Osage stumbles a bit because. West Burlington and Notre Dame only has like six qualifiers, but they're all the majority of them. I think five of them, um, you know, are, are seated like fifth or better. 
and four of them are top two seeds. So you're looking at four guys possibly in the finals, um, you know, based off those seeds. If Osage stumbles, um, West Burlington could pull off what they did a year ago. I wouldn't disagree with you on that. That uh, they they have the the uh, quality again, and and as we we're saying, uh, Osage has the quality and quantity. So if that quantity dissipates, <laughs> you know that that opens the door for for uh, West Burlington for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we mentioned uh, you know some of the top uh, guys for Osage. You also look at uh, uh, Burlington Notre Dame, where they have number one Caden Dietzenbach uh, at one twenty six, and then CJ Walrath at one eighty two. Uh, I know uh, Carter West, their number two seed at at one oh six, is certainly uh, capable of coming away with a, a individual title there. He's the number two seed behind Braden Bonesack uh, of Union. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. You know, and we've seen uh, 2A seems to be the class where if you have four or five guys that place really, really high, you have you have a chance. Just because I think things are so spread out more um, and you have that depth more so than 1A and 3A. You know, you've seen it with Waller you know, go down with, uh, you know, three or four guys. Uh, I remember Independence had a trophy uh, winning team with four guys, you know, and uh, Zimmerly and Lehman, um, Albert, uh, O'Loughlin, I think, was part of that group. Um, you know, you, if, if you have uh, some – Really high point scores. You can do a lot of damage with less. Um, the I just don't know if there's anybody outside of those two that can really make a run. As much as West Delaware is experienced and has depth and balance, I just don't think they have, you know, that big white Volker type of, you know, dominant wrestler that'll kind of carry him through um you know mount vernon mount vernon's a, a team that boy i you know maybe they had you know one or, or two guys that could make the finals they could they have the makings of uh a team that can do really well i was just gonna say the now it becomes a battle of of can West Delaware hang on to third? I mean, I know they're shooting for better than that, but if you look the other direction, can Mount Vernon surpass them now that they've got uh, Young Green in there in their lineup? And and I he must be pretty healthy. He's a you know a fairly high seed and mm-hmm. and, uh, and has had some matches under his belt. So um, you know, so add that to their firepower, and you know they're another team that's you know got some good balance across the way, and that balance could you know, lift them up above West Delaware, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so that's another one I'm going to be looking at. And then with union, you know, union has two number one seeds in, in, uh, right. bone sack at, at six and, and, and 
Hedeman, is it? Hedeman? Hedeman, yep. At, uh, isn't he a returning champ? Yep. Yep, at uh, 13. So um, I don't know that they have the balance, but they have certainly those two. And I know they have another uh, Caleb Olson who's seated seventh, so he's projected to to get on the stand too. You know that's uh, um, yeah, and, and you've got a lot of teams. See, that's the one thing about two A. Um, you've got a lot of teams like that where you've got Union that have two title contenders. You have Green County that has Cale Peterson at one thirty two and McKinley Robbins at one thirty eight that are. Uh, you know, top seeds and and title contenders, obviously. Um, you know, then you have uh, uh, Webster City. You got uh, Webster City, who's uh, uh, number two seed in C.J. Hissler. I think Jackson Cherry at 220 is the third seed. You've got Carson Doolittle, who's the number one seed at 120. Um, so they have the they have the makings of, uh, you know, putting three guys on you know in the Saturday night or on top of the award stand, and you've got you know, you've got that with West Burlington Union, Webster City, Green County, Osage, you know, I, you know, who's to say you know, maybe West Delaware they've got a top seed in Cam Guther at heavyweight. Maybe a Brent Yankovic, you know, breaks through or or Will Ward at 195 has shown that, you know, he can compete with uh, uh, the best in the state, uh, you know, there as well. So, um, you know, 2A, two a, two a, even though I think Osage is a front runner and I don't see them uh, faltering and I still like West Burlington Notre Dame at number two. The rest of that could be a hodgepodge. And we're not even talking about Sergeant Bluff Luton, for goodness sakes, which is, you know, uh, certainly a team that could finish third, you know, with their depth and and their talent. Right. And, you know, back to West Delaware, they, you know, they've, I know they've gone down the last couple of years at the individual tournament and came back a little, little less than satisfied. And, uh, you know, so hopefully they can, you know, this year reverse that and, you know, and, and wrestle above their seeds and exceed. And, you know, maybe they will break into that top one or two. So um, we're certainly not counting them out. But, you know, realistically, I suppose we're kind of looking at third on paper anyway. Kind of interesting. I saw a thing on social media earlier where they have uh, they have a pre-tournament ritual called burn the the burning of the brackets which uh probably not the safest thing to let high school kids play with fire uh but we'll overlook that but they were out in the parking lot or on the sidewalk burning the brackets in a sense because seeds don't mean anything and the only focus should be on uh the effort and the you know what you do in the in the match and performing. So they burn the brackets because it doesn't mean anything. And I thought that was kind of cool. I think that's really cool. And, I, and I'm sure they had fire extinguishers out, outside. The <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. No need for uh, OSHA or the school district to be uh, 
to be worried. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, just to, just to kind of highlight Mount Vernon a little bit too, um, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they, they just have, if they can just kind of up their seeds a little bit, they they really could make a, a run. You've got Jason Jackson Jaspers, um, who are seated uh, uh, fifth and fourth at one twenty six and one forty five. Uh, you've got Mikey uh, and Henry Ryan, uh, who are seven or seated seventh and sixth at one thirty eight and one seventy. Clayton Perot, their one hundred six pounder, is uh, seated tenth, but. Uh, has been ranked m- much higher throughout the season and is somebody that uh, certainly could could earn a top eight finish. And then you mentioned Clark Young-Green was the top seed a year ago, uh, got sick and ended up finishing fourth or fifth, um, I believe. Uh, he's coming back. And he's he's looked good. I think his only loss so far uh, was the Brock uh, Mueller of Osage is number two seed. And I think the returning state champ um, at the state duels. So, you know, he's on the top side of the bracket. He's somebody that uh, uh, certainly if he's healthy and strong um, could wrestle above that, uh, that seed as well. But uh, Mount Vernon, if things go well for him, uh, they should be right there in that top five, top four, top five um, battle. Absolutely. And that's kind of, uh, I remember when we covered them, I think Coach White said they have like six or seven fam- brothers and brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, and, right. Yes, very cool in that Mount Vernon. So now you've got two of those. Uh, sets of brothers that have uh, qualified and it'd be nice if the, I mean what a great thing to have them both stand on the podium and and very high up that would be very nice for that, the Mustangs and their fans mm-hmm. so if you had a pick to click in two way somebody let's call it the bet in the farm guy who are you who would you go with Oh gosh. Um, probably Walrath, I guess. That that would be a really good pick. That's uh I I think uh between him and maybe Jace uh been of Union Community at 113, I think those are the two that uh um I would go with. Yeah, maybe Fox at Osage. Fox at 170. Uh, uh, maybe Kale Peterson Kale at Peterson. 32. Kale Peterson, yeah. Yep. So yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, uh, top competitors uh, um, in 2A. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just uh, have to mention some of the, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Sanders from Vinton Shellsburg is the number one seed. His brother Gabe 
won a title last year. Sanders was a runner-up. Uh, Cooper Sanders was a runner-up. And, of course, his, uh, uh, his sister, Chloe Sanders, uh, was a runner-up at the uh, Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union uh, state tournament a couple weeks ago. So um, I expect him to be wrestling Saturday night again and uh, hopefully take that uh, one extra step. Now, for dark horses, um, I think uh, I think my pick, I'm going to kind of go up to the upper weights again with this in 2A. I'm going to go, I, I think the my pick for the lowest seed uh, to win it is going to be Gable, Gabriel Christensen from Ballard at 195. Again, no, no rhyme or reason. Uh, that was just one that just kind of stood out to me. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be my, my underdog uh, champ in 2A. All right, you're catching me off guard on these, so I'm kind of scrolling through here quickly. How about if I go uh, four seed, 160, or I don't know if it's four seed, uh, but at 160, uh, gas for most age? Okay, that's a, that's a good one. That's one certainly uh, I considered. Um, my pick for 160 is probably uh, the silliest reasoning for a pick, but just because I wanted to. Uh, I went with Sir Brandon Watts just because I love his name. <laughs> I, I had to get, I had to get Sir Brandon Watts on there somewhere. <laughs> so, a- <laughs> so I love, I love that name. So I hope he does well at 160. And, and uh, you know, Gast is one, Gast is one of those guys that uh, you know. He had a big win against uh, Logan Payton at the at the duels, um, and he just, you know, I think he kind of gets overshadowed a little bit, you know, because you have that that so that strong group of, you know, you've got Tucker uh, Stangle, you've got uh, uh, Nicholas Fox, you know, Blake Fox, Anders Kittleson, um, you know, you. You've got so much talent. He just kind of nestled right in there and might overlook him a little bit. But I like your pick. I like that. Uh, uh, that's a that's a good one. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. Probably pick a couple of them in that weight class. Sure. Budokoffer from Fresco. Yeah. And I didn't mention the top qualifiers. Uh, not that Osage needed any of the help, but Osage and West Delaware both had 10. Uh, Mount Vernon, Sergeant Bluff Luton, Winterset um, had uh, nine. And then uh, Creston and Glenwood with uh, eight apiece. Williamsburg sending seven down um, from their district. Uh, you know, they're kind of led by uh, uh, Gavin Jensen and. Um, Gable Dayton, who are both uh, uh, seated in the top uh, top six, um, and then the one the one I'll say to look out for Niall Sin is seated tenth, but uh, uh, I have a good uh, I have a good feeling we might see him uh, walking around during the Grand March and making the podium um, when it's all said and done. 
And I, I don't know if you mentioned Lincoln Strop at 106. Oh, I did not. But right, there's a district champ that's got a, you know, a brother that showed him the way. That's right. And, uh, that's right, Jalen. Bubba. Um, and uh, so, yep. that, you know, at 106, anything can happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he had a big win over uh, Clayton Perot at the uh, at the Womack tournament too, I believe. And Keep that rolling into Des Moines. So we'll move on to one A here. Um, the one, the one big uh, kind of eye-opening district performance. Uh, he, even though I'm not sure that's a team that uh, that'll bully their way into a trophy, but Nashville Plainfield sending 13 guys to guys to the state tournament. You know, Al, uh, Al Frost has got to be pretty uh, pretty happy with uh, them taking all but one down to Des Moines. And with that thought, I just it just this kind of jumped into my. You know, I've always been a, a 3A guy, so it's always been district state. And I, you know, I for, had forgotten this is the first year for 1A and 2A that it's district state. They haven't had to go through two. Two qualifying tournaments just to get to state, where you have an opportunity to lose more, you know, have more people eliminated from state. So I'm I'm guessing the teams are pretty excited about having just district state at the one and two A level. Um, nothing changed at three A, of course, but right. So here's a you know, Nashville Plainfield that has thirteen going down, and if you know they had a, you know the old format, would they still have thirteen? I don't know, but uh, so they've got to be. Through the roof, excited, I would think. Yeah, you know, Nashville Plainfield's always been in that uh, kind of lumped in a an area that's just a really tough one A and two A area. Remember, I want to say it was a year. Uh, uh, one of the first years that I covered, uh, I think. Uh, Don, Don Bosco, Nashville Plainfield, and Hudson uh, might have all crossed paths in the like in the postseason. Uh, like they're either districts or state or sectionals, districts or uh, what have you. I think they all crossed paths together. Where one, I can't remember which team won sectionals. Might have been Nashville Plainfield won sectionals. Don Bosco ended up winning the team title in the district meet. And then Hudson, who had CJ, the Edelsons and Yuska and those guys, they ended up winning state. Wow. So it was it was really one of the craziest things that I kind of remember. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen here. Um, you know, but um you know, Nashville's always been a part of that, uh, that tough area, and for them to get 13 through, and including a couple uh, top seeds and uh, Jaden Rinkin and and Garrett Rinkin, um, they're going to add to the fun, which could be an amazing team race with Don Bosco, Wilton, Lisbon, Albernet, uh, Nashville, Plainfield. You know, um, kind of leading that charge, and. You don't count out Waterloo Columbus either. 
I mean, you know, they've got a returning champ, right? Yeah. And and, and, uh, and, and uh, I got to see those guys up at uh, the Iron Sharpers Irish camp this summer, and and uh, they were working hard. So I'm not going to count those guys out. So they've got they've got three individuals that really um, have good shots. Obviously, um, Maximus uh, Magena, love that. Love that name too. Um, you know, uh, obviously he's uh, one of the top wrestlers, uh, regardless of weight and in class one A, and he's a returning champ. Um, but uh, uh, then you've got uh, Knip, and is it uh, is it Hearts? Um, yes, one eighty two, Carson yeah. Hearts. Carson Hearts that. Uh, you know that they all have the, they all have the potential to be wrestling on Saturday night, um, right. no doubt about it. So uh, that's uh, that's a good point, you know. And uh, they have they have some pretty big point scores that uh, that they can rely on, um, you know. Don Bosco, uh, you know, they're sending eleven. Um, you know they've they've kind of got the, the depth there. Um, you know they're led by two twenty pounder Jared Theory, who's number one seed. Um, you know Caden Kanak at one forty five is the number two, um, but they've got eight uh, eight guys that are uh, seated in the top eight. So. Uh, that that depth might be probably will be enough uh, to help them, but you've got Wilton who's got uh, who's got ten wrestlers. Um, you know, Albernet and Lisbon both have nine, and both of them, you know, you've got uh, Brandon Piaz, uh, Lisbon. Uh, we mentioned he's looking to be a four-time finalist and three-time champ. Uh, heavyweight Wyatt Smith. Um, who's unbeaten? Um, you know those those guys. They get some of the support from uh, some of their others, like Wes Sadler at 106, Kiernan Boots at uh, 138. Um, you know they really uh, they really can make a jump. Right, one thirty-eight in our area is just solid. One A, isn't it? We isn't got, it? We got to watch it all in one night with the uh, Bridgewater Northwind, and I assume he's number one seed. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he's actually the three seed. Is he uh, the three seed? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's uh, one thirty-eight. It's kind of crazy as far as uh, the seeding goes, but I'll break that out here really quick. But then throw uh, in the Brody neighbor and uh and of course boots that we mentioned. So yeah. So the number one seed is Blake Allen of Underwood. Uh and then kind of a party crasher here from South Winnesheek, uh Colin Holm. Um he's 37 and one. He uh he uh earned the number two seed, and then you have Bridgewater that's number three, boots is five. Brody neighbor six, um, but 
that's one where uh, it's not out of the question that your finals matches the five, five and six seeds. That's how that's how good the the talent pool is in uh, kidding, yeah. one thirty eight. But really, like Kale Bridgewater, uh, uh, there, um, he's had a heck of a season um, so far. But do you do you think? You know, talking about Albernet and, and Brody uh, uh, neighbor being the sixth seed, Carson Klosterman at 152 is the number two seed. You have Rowdy neighbor, uh, that's the number four at 113. And I tell you what, um, I know Eli Becerra is there as the top seed for Missouri Valley, but, you know, Brody neighbor, I think, has, has the ability to uh, – to make a deep run, um, and sure he'll be looking for an upset if he gets a chance to to face Becerra in the semis. I would think so. And then who did you say the six seed was? Brody Neighbor. Who, who's? Oh, he's the six seed. Who's the third? At one thirty-eight. I should be asking who's the third seed. I'm sorry. At uh, at one thirty-eight. And what at what weight? 138, 1A. Uh Bridgewater is number three. Oh, so it's gonna be Bridgewater and neighbor in the in the uh, quarters. In the quarters. Oh ouch. Oh, darn it. I wanted to see those two guys not have to wrestle each other in advance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um and then uh I believe Preston uh Klosterman. Uh, is the number four seed for Albernet. So, you know, Albernet's in a position uh, to really do some good things. Uh, yeah, Preston Klosterman, Klosterman uh, the number four seed at 126. So, right. You, know. I, you might have mentioned Keeney, but I, I'm not sure you mentioned no, I didn't. You got Keeney and Kufal also in there that, that could. Yeah, Kufal is a six seed at, uh, at his weight. Uh, as well. So Albert, man, they've got they, you know, they from 106 up to about 170, is it? They, yep. They're strong, so they, they they can definitely maybe jump up into that, you know, one two range or three trophy range. Does anybody have the firepower to knock off Don Bosco? I think they would need help. I think someone's going to have to knock off some of Don Bosco's wrestlers to do it, which we know can happen at the mm -hmm. state tournament. But Don Bosco is usually one that doesn't stumble too much. So, but you know, anything can happen. Yeah. And I think that uh, we talked about kind of how things would be like for four through six and three A and even like four through, you know, six, seven, or eight and two A. I think from two, I think Don Bosco is a clear favorite. I just do unless they get people get some help, you know. And Don Bosco always seems to to go on a, you know, they get things rolling and they always seem to build a swell of momentum uh, at the state tournament that that just elevates them um, this time of year. Uh, but between Wilton, Lisbon, 
Alburnett. Uh, you mentioned the firepower that uh, uh, Waterloo Columbus has. You know, boy, that two through uh, two through five could be kind of a jumble. A little bit, right? I know yeah. Wilton. I know Wilton has done very, very well. Um, just kind of giving them the nod on on that right now. Uh, so I've got Don Bosco, Wilton, and then I just have Lisbon at number three. Um, you know they've got heavy favorites in Piaz and Smith for state titles. Uh, they're probably the healthiest they've been. You've got Sadler and Tiernan Boots, um, Andy Harbaugh, Andy Ferguson, um, even though his seed's a little bit lower than what he's been ranked most of the season. Um, you know, he puts things together. He could place uh, in the top six, I think. I think they'll just have enough to edge Albernet for for third. Okay, and I'm going to do it just the opposite. I'm going to put Albernet just edging Lisbon, and don't and don't ask me why, because <laughs> I've watched both of them and they're both very capable teams. That's for sure. Well, I think I think really Albernet just has a better balance. You know, I just uh, you know they've. They've got those guys in that uh, four through six range kind of more across the board. So I can certainly see that. That's where it's so hard trying to determine, uh, you know, because you never know. And I just don't think Nashville Plainfield uh, just has enough to go with the Rankins and a couple other rank wrestlers to, to really kind of budge into that top four. But, you know, they'll be right there with some others for – or top five finish. Right. Uh, individual, who are you betting the farm on? Oh, boy. There's some good choices. Um, Piaz, um, Porter. Uh, oh, boy. Um, Smith. Yep. I'm probably going to go with Porter. People Porter. Under okay. That's a good one. But McGain. Uh, Yeah, that's a good job. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, um, you can't go wrong with Gable Porter. You can't go wrong with uh, Magena, um, Jackson DeWald from uh, Sloan Westwood or Theory at 220 for Don Bosco. Uh, Smith has been dominant. Um, What? Yeah, I just go with Piaz. I think Piaz is uh, uh, my pick, even though you could go with any of those others that we mentioned. The one, the one weight class I, I do want to hit really quick, even though it's not any of our area guys, um, I'm really interested to see how 160 plays out. Uh, we talked about uh, the Arnold Nakaborn final that is highly anticipated, right? Uh, if they take care of business at 160, uh, you've got Wyatt Reese of Logan Magnolia, who's 48 and 0. He's going for his third title, uh, won it at 138 last year. Um, 
And then you've got Dominic Lopez. Uh, you know, his brother Marcel was a four-timer last year. Um, Dominic Lopez uh, is the number two seed for New London. He's 54-0. He got third in that 138 bracket from a year ago, but Reese and, and him did not uh, wrestle there. But the two of them have combined for 102 wins this season. Um, if they take care of business and, and wrestle Saturday night, I think that's the final in 1A that I'm kind of really most looking forward to. Yeah, that looks like a good one. Wow. 100% agree with that. Yeah. Right there. So, and, you know, uh, take it easy on you on this one because um, – 1A, I did not really have an underdog upset special for champs. I think I kind of went one, two, uh, ones and two seeds all the way across the board. Um, I did not, I did not really feel there is a, there is a big, Uh, actually, I'm gonna pull one. Yeah, out. I think my uh, I had Caden Shirk from Wilton winning at yeah. 182, and that's that's my lowest seed. He's a number three seed. So I, I just looking, scan through, and that's who I pulled out. Caden Shirk. He's 46 and one on the year, and and uh, I think Wilton's gonna get on a roll. And really, they may be hoisting that gold trophy. So we'll see. Okay. All right. So that's uh, um, really looking forward to. I I think compared to some years past, I really think that the team races could be fun to to follow. Um, this year, I think you'll have some uh, some outstanding individual battles too, especially when you get down to Saturday night. You always see it anyway but this year i think could be a really it could be a really special tournament um down the line a lot of fun nope uh where's your favorite place to eat in the morning boy through the years you guys ever have a go-to uh go-to place i used to have a but every time i get one they'd close (laughs) (laughs) there was a steakhouse that was down by the quarry kind of towards West Des Moines that got flooded all the time and ended up closing. But man, did they have the, it was it kind of reminded me of, a, of an old gangster place. You know, like, really? yeah, they'd had a piano bar or something, or a, a pianist playing there or something. And, and they had fabulous steaks. Gosh. Uh, I don't remember what that was called, but so anymore, uh, I, don't, I, I just, you know, kind of hit the, the chain ones. So, Okay. Now, as a coach, did you like to stay close to the arena or did you like to get kind of the hell out of there and well, kind of go off on the. You know, we would stay down at the uh, whatever, what's the old hotel down there? And we'd walk through the the uh, skyway there to get up. And that wasn't bad, but I. Oh, I really, you know, hotel, uh, Fort, hotel Fort Des Moines? Yes, that's it. Yeah. And, and you know who stayed there when we were there? He lived there, evidently, it was. Uh, Tiny Tim. Really? He lived there yeah, permanently. I mean, all year long. 
Boy, if there's anybody under 40 watching this, they'll have no idea who Tiny Tim is, but I do. Yeah. Did he tiptoe through the tulips? He did. He brought out his youth. No, I never saw him. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's cool. So, all right. Any other uh, general comments about State or, or anything uh, before we just briefly hit on college uh, D1 action? I'd say good luck to all the competitors and their families and coaches and uh, be safe. Be smart down there. Okay. Have fun, but not too much fun, right? Right. And let's hope for good weather Saturday night so we're not driving home in a blizzard. Done that before, and that's not fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I know uh, I'll be heading down there. Um, are you going to go and, and watch uh, in person? or? I, well, I can watch on TV now, so okay. I, I've got that option for the semifinals and finals for free. That's right. And it's interesting you mentioned that. I have that uh, here where you can watch uh, semifinals and finals will be streamed on the Iowa uh, IHSSN.com or uh, the Watch IHSSN app. Um, in addition, the semifinals will be aired on the IHSSN cable network. And the final, which I believe is going to be brought in our area, uh, it's a KFXA um, oh. alternate uh, channel for the cable network, and the television network is, is the same uh, as well. So, yeah, and, and if you want to see preliminary rounds, constellation rounds, individual matches, that's available through uh, a sus subscription on Flow Wrestling and stuff. But yeah be able to get to see a lot of action on TV. So that's good. That's good. Like seeing that expanded coverage. Yeah. All right. Well, get ready for Wells Fargo and uh, the wrestlers clear the manse uh, call, which is always a staple that was, uh, you know, that's been in place for a long time. Um, why am I why am I blanking on the announcing legend? Um, Ed Winger. Ed Winger. Yep. So uh, he he immortalized that uh, that phrase, and they still use it now. Our friend John Randall, part of the announcing crew, um, great voice out of Prairie, uh, is a part of that and carries on that tradition. Look forward to hearing that and. I hope everybody has safe travels. Thanks for watching us again. We'll see you next week. Go ahead and send us out, Coach. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.